Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's special edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I am your co-host, Brian Bosard, as always, with me, my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, seven days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, 26 seconds away from the 2022 NFL Draft. Yeah, it's full full swing, man. We're uh, we're get, we're getting geared up for the live streams next week. This is our our penultimate podcast until the draft happens. So it, it it's exciting. It's finally here. We've been talking about it for months and months and months, but uh, it's finally finally coming to fruition, Brian. Well, Shane, tonight uh, uh, we a couple weeks ago we did a just a mock draft with just me and you. Uh, tonight we're bringing in our good buddy uh, from the GBN report. And Draftnik legend himself, we're going to do a full 32-pick, 30, one-round mock draft. And to help us along with that is our good buddy, Pigskin Paul. Pigskin, uh, welcome in. Thank you. Good to be with you again. This this really feels, especially when you introduce the next guy, this really feels like, didn't we do something like this back at the end of January? We sure did. And, uh, didn't, we, didn't we do something like this? So uh, without further ado we're going to bring in our mc for tonight the guy who's going to hold 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 us down and hold us accountable he is the founder of draftcountdown.com and he is the co-founder of the trading card app next gym he is scott wright scott man welcome in hey fellas yeah. it's great to see you all again hey scott yeah we got look it's full house we're ready to go full i'm excited we're ready to go uh so without without that being said, uh, Scott, uh, get us started here. Yeah, and, and you know before we start making the picks, I just I had a thought. And I just wanted to get your take on it. So the top of this draft is it the weakest top of the draft we've seen since maybe like 2013, Ooh. the year Eric Fisher was the number one overall yeah, pick. There's yeah. some good players, but top of the draft, one of those years you can make an argument for five six guys going number one. You know, I, I don't think it's that bad. The problem is it just – quarterback is such a big deal nowadays, even more so than 2013. And the fact that there's not, I don't think, any Justin Herberts or Patrick Mahomes for the first time in about four years, I think that makes it look softer than it is, so to speak. But I think some of these edge rushers and the, the offensive tackles and some of the DBs are just as good as we have had in the last five or six drafts. It's 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 just that quarterback position is. Bleh. Yeah, I, I actually think the and and we'll, we'll get the draft kicked off here in a second. But I actually think number one pick is falls very similarly to 2013. Of like, do you take? And obviously that was Luke Jokel against Eric Fisher, but do you take kind of the safer player that you know is going to produce uh, in Luke Jokel who actually didn't, or do you kind of, you know, or do you swing for the upside um, with an Eric Fisher and, uh, you know, the Trayvon Walker this year? So I think it kind of lines up. I, I, I would say 2013 was a touch worse at the top, but this is probably the second worst that I've ever covered since 2004. Yeah. 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 All right, Brian. Any uh, any thoughts? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's not All right, let's get in the draft then. Let's do the box draft. Let's, let's get to okay. uh, let's get into it. So, number one overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm running the Jaguars tonight. Uh, my first comment will be, 
I think a lot of people underestimate the talent that my Jaguars team has right now. Um, I think there have been some very good draft picks in the last few years, signed some good veteran free agents, and we got rid of the fool on the hill. Urban Meyer's gone. We might actually have a real coach now. So without getting too tricky, I'm going to do a blasé pick, and we'll take Aiden Hutchinson. All right, Aiden Hutchinson. So what was the alternative? What was the non-blasé pick that was in consideration? Well, they would have all been blasé, actually, uh, <laughs> realistically. You know, you know, if I could do it, if I were in this situation, I don't think you're going to get any phone calls, but I would sure try to, to, to solicit some. If I'm the Jaguars, I would just as soon have two picks in the second half of this first round and give let somebody take take the headache here of picking first, then you're not exactly sure who's worth it. Okay. Um, so take. tell me why you, tell me why you don't take the offensive all things being equal kind of. Why don't you take the best offensive lineman and and help Trevor Lawrence? Well, believe it or not, I think that with them having franchise Cam Robinson and he signed he signed the franchise tag and the fact that they still think that Walker Little is going to be a viable starter in a couple of years again I think a lot and we'll we'll find out but I got I have the impression and I'm only 150 miles away from Jacksonville down here in central Florida that an awful lot of people think that this team is just going to be better because Urban's gone. And they do have some talent on the offensive line. Some of it is keeping people healthy. Like Lindner at center is a really good center. Right now he's way overpaid because he's been injured so much. If they yeah. can stay healthy and the young guys come through and they're moving Will Richardson pretty much inside the guard because they've got Taylor Robinson and Walker Little out there. Uh, I really do. I think that offensive line is going to look better. And I think Doug Peterson and an co offensive coordinator that are familiar with the NFL are going to make more out of this than Urban Meyer was able to. All right. Brian, Aiden Hutchinson picked the Jaguars. Is that uh, the way you would have gone? Would you like to see something different? Oh, are you mute? Uh, I, I'm 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 advocate for an offensive tackle. I think Shane's Hutchinson. So it's kind of like where we've been back and forth with this. It's going to be Hutchinson, I believe. Uh, my money uh, hopes otherwise. <laughs> and Shane, you like the Hutchinson? You you concur with that? The decision? I think that's the safe pick. Um, and I, I think it's the pick they'll make, but I, I, you know, I do think Trayvon Walker from Georgia is, I think it's about 50, 50 right now between those two, uh, and, between Hutchinson and Trayvon Walker for number yeah. one, if they want to swing for the one year pro production upside of Trayvon Walker, who was a couple hundredths of a second from having the greatest edge combine of all time, you know, like, do you take that guy or do you take the safe productive going to be a pro bowler Hutchinson? I think that's the decision they have to make. And by the way, I would mention in my last two mocks, I'm the guy that had Trayvon Walker at the number one pick. 
There you go. But, but now that I'm sitting here and trying to be the Jaguars, I'm saying I think they're going to play it safe. And Aiden gotcha. the guy. All right. Well, let's move on to number two then with the Detroit Lions. Who's making that one? That's me. Uh, it's, you know, so I think for the Lions, this comes down to uh, a couple things. They're not going to take an offensive tackle. The offensive line is pretty good. Panay Sewell, last year, uh, stud on that right tackle spot. They have Taylor Decker at left tackle. Offensive line's fine. So really, it's do you take an edge rusher or is there a quarterback that you like to succeed Jared Goff? I don't think there's a quarterback in this draft worth a number two overall pick. I don't think the Lions will feel that way either. Um, and then for edge rusher, you know, my number one overall player in the drafts came on Thibodeau from Oregon. But um, I, I think that the Lions are going to take the upside. And if the Jaguars pass on Trayvon Walker, um, I think the Lions will run the Trayvon Walker card up to the podium. I think if the Lions pass on Aiden Hutchinson, the Lions will run the Aiden Hutchinson card up to the podium. I think they're going to take whoever the Jaguars don't take. In this case, that's Trayvon Walker. So I have Trayvon Walker, Edge from Georgia, number two to the Detroit Lions. So to tell me a little bit about Trayvon Walker's precipitous rise here and just take me through the timeline a little bit briefly. And then where did he start in this process eight months ago? And compared to now, we're talking the number two overall pick in the whole draft. Not, not much, right? Because at, at, you know, at this point, um, if, going back a year ago and watching Georgia, he was a rotational player who came in essentially as a pass rusher. And, you know, he, he was getting his, his first kind of couple starts this season to have consistent starts for that team. Uh, and so I, I felt like it was kind of a slow burn up the board. And then that national championship game, he was by far, to me, the best player on the field from either team. And, and so when you're playing against Alabama in the national championship and that's the case, you're getting consistent pressure in the backfield, you're going to get noticed. Like I mentioned before, the combine – um, was, you know, at, at 272 pounds, the fact that he can move the way that he does is rare. I mean, that's a rare athlete. I mean, I look at my top, you know, he, he's, he's the biggest edge rusher in my top 20 um, and is a lot faster than almost all, you know, more athletic than all of them. So to, to me, that's, I think that's what pushes him up to number one, number two from this rise hey, a couple months ago, January, it was, okay, he's probably first round pick at national championship mid first round pick and then combine kind of puts you feeling comfortable about the potential that he has on a scale of a risk factor scale of one to Vernon Golson, where does, <laughs> what, what, what's the rank in there? I, I look, Trent Walker, at least was productive. I think that's a little better than Vernon Golston. Um, so I, I, I'll put him like two steps above Vernon Golston. I, I think there's a lot of risk here. I, to me, anyone that has a, just one year of production, and we might, we're going to have a couple of those guys tonight, I think is a risk, especially as an underclassman where you don't have the film to go back to um, from you know an older guy that had at least a role. I think that is the fear. So I, I do think I think there's much more risk, but I think the, the upside is an all-pro, one of the top pass rushers in the league. And I think when that's a possibility, you have to take it at number two. Brian, Trayvon Walker, yay, nay? Remains to be seen. That's that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, you only have a week I, left. I know, I know. And I, I have him in my top 10 prospects. I don't like, I'm, I'm, I feel like his bust factor is higher than the other top edge rushers. 
uh, but potential uh, through the roof because, like I said, I don't think we've seen everything with him just yet. Gotcha. All right, let's uh, keep it moving. We're up next with the Houston Texans, and Brian will be making that selection. So uh, what do you got for Houston? I don't know that they can go wrong with anybody here, right? Because whoever they draft here is probably better than whatever they've got. And that goes for every single position, be it quarterback, you know, whatever. I think they could literally upgrade every single spot here. But I feel that we're going to go with edge, edge, edge here. Third pick, I'm going to go with my number one overall prospect and has been bell to bell, Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge rusher from Oregon, number three of Houston. And correct me if I'm wrong, that would be a pretty historic thing to have pass rushers go one, two, three overall, right? I think that has not happened too often. I I don't know that it's happened in in recent memory, at least. You know, I think that's really hard to qualify because maybe I was behind the eight ball and not caught up on everything, but how long has it been since we've actually listed edge on a, on a roster, you know, first time I saw it, I think was when Jim Nagy came to the senior bowl, to be honest, uh, yeah. they were just pass rushing defensive ends previous to. So it, it's, it's a new phenomenon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We remember the day we remember the days, Paul, when that tweener was such a dirty word. That's like the worst thing you could be as a tweener. If you're, yep. <laughs> yep. Now it's a positive. Now, now you're versatile. The more you can do. Yep. Uh, Shane, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, thoughts on the pick? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love Kayvon Thibodeau. I think the the downside is, like, overblown. I mean, I think his, his first step is just so good. He's such a smart player in terms of reading the offense. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the fear that some teams have of him having other interests or looking at life after football, it's like – do you not want a guy that is intelligent, that has a high football IQ, like that, that's somebody has. So, um, and, and I could be mistaken. I'm just looking real quick, but I think the last time three defensive players have gone first three picks is 1988. So I, I think it is very rare to have three defensive players even go in the first three picks. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I obviously haven't studied Thibodeau in depth, but I remember watching him early on in his career and being extremely impressed. I mean, he was one of those guys that right away, you know, oh, he's going to be a top three to five overall pick. So, uh, you know, at one point it was talk like maybe he slides towards the back end of the top 10. Is that still a possibility or is he pretty firmly now going to be in the top end of the top 10? Teams do dumb things all the time, Scott. <laughs> I, th- I think it's You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we uh, we got some we got back to back New York picks here. We're going to start with the Jets and Shane making that selection. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hurts. I, I think it hurts the Jets here seeing those three pass rushers go off the board because I, I think they would ideally want one of those three players at fourth overall. Um, you know, would be the ideal scenario because that, that's what this defense this Robert Sala defense is built on pass rush. And um, I know a lot of people haven't taken corner, taken a sauce Gardner. I, I just don't think it's a high priority for the way they build their team. Um, even if they like him a lot, I guess it's not a high priority. So I, I'm going to go to the offensive side of the ball. And I think that, 
you know, taking a, a right tackle is uh, possible. And if they're all sitting here, I think it'll be tough to pass. Um, you know, Mekhi Becton, a left tackle, has had his ups and downs. So not only can you draft someone to start at right tackle over George Fant right now, but have a kind of a backup there for left tackle as needed. You can shift the offensive line around. So I'm going to take Ike McWanu, um, the offensive tackle from NC State. I, you know, it's tough to take him to take Evan Neal. I think ultimately Ekwanu has just a, a little bit more of that um, consistency. You know, Evan Neal is really, really good. I'm going to have him rated higher. I think he has higher upside. But I think Ekwanu, also a very nasty player, great in the run game, you know, gets the second level really, really well. Um, when we started in August, we relaunched. We had him as a guard because we thought he's, he's not going to be you know, athletic enough, have the feet for tackle. And then I, I think I watched like week one or week two, I was assigned to NC State. And I was like, whoa, you know, you know we talked about it on the podcast. So then you can go back and listen. Like, this guy's really good. I, you know, uh, and now he's just risen all the way up because he's shown that athleticism and a little more consistency. So I, I think the Jets would probably lean him over Evan Neal um, if the board fell this way. And I mean, I, I think this is the right move. I'd make the same same argument with this pick as I do for the Jags. If everything else is pretty close to equal, give your young quarterback help. And so maybe if they miss out on those pass rushers. I think it, personally, I think it could be a blessing in disguise. And the thing I like about the the offensive linemen in this class, the top ones, is that they're versatile, right? I mean, even if you have a couple tackles, I'll play them at guard first. Oh, you have a guy, put them at tackle. So you can kind of there. You can play them wherever you need them. And so. Um, you get immediate help. So uh, I like that pick. Uh, what are your thoughts, uh, Paul? What do you think about that pick for the Jets? Um, I like it. I think I think he is the best all-around, most likely to succeed offensive lineman in this group, partly because physically, athletically, he's elite. And then another part being – I've seen it. They talk about it all the time. You've all seen it if you watch film. He's a mean SOB. And you can overdo that. But when you're good enough and then you're mean, I think that really rubs off. And let's face it, the Jets know, and, and I don't, don't take this the wrong way, I don't think Sam Darnold's ever going to be a star in the NFL. But they know they let him down tremendously with the crew they put around him on offense. And I would see this pick as step one with Zach Wilson saying, it ain't going to happen again. We are going to take care of this guy. Brian, did he take the right offensive lineman? For what the Jets do, yes, I think so. I think Aquano is is the right fit there. Um, I, I – they're all very cool. The top three are very close to me. Heck, the top four are very close to me uh, as far as all the offensive tackle mm -hmm. class goes. But uh, I, I think Aquano is the better fit here for the Jets. All right. Next up, we got the Giants, and Brian's is making that pick. Uh, so who you got for the G-Men? So this is going to be a strategic pick here for me and the Giants because we got seven coming up too, and I know Carolina – has got their eyes on an offensive tackle. So we also need a right tackle to go opposite of our first-round pick, Andrew Thomas, here. So I also like Sauce Gardner. Carolina probably not gonna, is probably not going to draft him. So 
at this point, I'm taking the top offensive tackle left on the board, and I'm going to go with Evan Neal, the offensive tackle from Alabama, to give us bookends here for Brian Dayball's new offense. And hopefully, you know, maybe he can work miracles with uh, Daniel Jones like he did uh, Josh Allen. It's one of those things, if you're going to give Daniel Jones one last chance, give him a chance, right? Mm-hmm. Give him the, what he needs to succeed and find out one way or another. And and either way, you can't go wrong with having a good offensive lineman, no matter who the quarterback is. So uh, no arguments for me on that pick. Uh, how about you, Shane? Do you like that one? I do. I, I think, man, if you're, if you're the Giants, you gotta you got to have a better offensive line. It, it, it just made everything so much worse last year. And, um, you know, even drafting Andrew Thomas in the first round of 2020, and he's, he's okay. Um, I think there's a big room for improvement at the right tackle spot. Matt Pert can move inside. I think it can really help out. Um, so uh, this seems – I think Evan Neal was just a perfect fit for them too. Though uh, I, I do think Charles Cross, the offensive tackle from Mississippi State, maybe a, a better fit for for Brian Devil's offense. Now I don't think they'd take him over Evan Neal. Like I don't think you do that. But it wouldn't surprise me if somehow things finesse away for the Giants to end up with Cross uh, at the end of the day. Somehow wouldn't Dayball also have the connection with Evan Neal? Since I'm a I I don't know if my time and math adds up, but would he have been there when Evan Neal was recruited? At Alabama? I think so. Yeah. I think the timeline would be right. Maybe even as a freshman in the program. All right. So that's the top five. Um, you know, I mean, any chance a quarterback sneaks in there? Does Is somebody want to – you think somebody tries to trade up for one? Does, like, I mean, Houston maybe, Detroit, do they pull the trigger and take a quarterback? Any chance? I never say 0% in the NFL draft. I learned that there long you go. ago. So uh, always a chance. I would say it's pretty doubtful. If if there's anyone, I would guess Detroit at two is the team that pulls the trigger on the Malik Willis, but I, I think it's very doubtful. Every GM in the with these top five picks would sell their soul to trade one of these picks. <laughs> Somebody who wanted to come up and get the quarterback. But I just don't I don't think the market is there. Yeah. And and okay, so and I guess you know that's that's a perfect segue to this next pick because we have Pigskin Paul with the Carolina Panthers at number six. And, of course, somebody, this is the spot everyone's me. speculating might need a quarterback. Somebody help me. Call me. Make me an offer. <laughs> I think I think rule is caught between a rock and a hard place. Everything I'm hearing is that he's got a billionaire boss that wants a quarterback. I think Tepper wants to be the next Jerry Jones when Jerry kicks the bucket in a few years. Um, So believe it or not, since we can't trade tonight, I am going to say that the boss man with all the big money wins and the Carolina Panthers select Malik Willis, quarterback from Liberty. Well, you guys know I'm on the record going back way last fall that I like Malik Willis the best in this quarterback class. And I think he's going to go in the top 10 and I wouldn't be shocked if somebody took him in the top five somewhere. Um, I think he's going to be the first quarterback off the board. And, and as far as the Panthers are concerned, again, a blessing disguise. If Matt rule gets forced into taking this, what better chance does he have? I mean, he is 
on the hottest of hot seats, right? I mean, he needs something yeah. pretty dramatic to happen. What mm-hmm. who gives him a better chance of of having an amazing turnaround, exciting season than Malik Willis? It's Malik Willis might be his only hope. Uh, the, that's the only, my thought. Yeah, the only thing that doesn't make sense to me about it, besides the fact that he's not, in my mind, anywhere near a top six quarterback, is the Panthers are backed into a corner with Sam Darnold because they owe him, what is it? 18 and a half million this year guaranteed. They, they picked up the option. Yeah. So, you know, if this is coming, I'm still thinking this is coming down from the boss man. So baby dig into your deep pockets. But when you're done doing that, Go talk to whoever your capologist is because he's going to tell you a horror story. Can, can, uh, can, can we talk about the boss man for a second? Because I, I did have Malik Wilson in my last mock. It was a mistake. Because where, where did uh, where did Dave Tepper go to college? University of Pittsburgh. He's he's a pick oh, yeah. graduate. Oh, His yeah. name's on the business school. If he's taking a, if he gets the pick, he ain't, he's not picking Malik Willis. Let me tell you, he's picking the guy that just took his team to an ACC title. He's taking Kenny Pickett. Which is even worse. <laughs> That's an even worse pick. I'd rather give Willis a try. And That's I mean, there too. I mean, I mean, even, even there, I mean, let's say they both lead the Panthers to, I don't know what, eight wins next season. I mean, Malik Willis is going to do it in a much more exciting way than, than Kenny Pickett is probably, I feel like, but yeah, you're right, Shane. I mean, those, those connections, they they tend to have a way of popping up in the draft and, and coming to fruition. But uh, Brian, where are you at on the on quarterbacks? Do you think a Do you think the Panthers are going to take a quarterback at six? And b If they do, is it going to be Willis or uh, Small Hands Pickett? Um, if we're connecting dots, uh, <laughs> hot seated coach Matt Rule also had Kenny Pickett committed to Temple uh, oh. <laughs> before he went to go to Pitt. So just throw another log on that fire while we're uh while we're at it but if we have a if we have any trade in the top 10 i think this is the spot because of the fact of the picks they gave up to acquire sam darnold they don't have a second or a third round pick right it's going if a team is going to move out of these picks i think carolina would be more desperate to do so than any team but like you said it, it it takes that team wanting to come up uh as far as what teams could could do it, uh, I'd like to say New Orleans, but they're not going to trade in the division. So I don't know, maybe Washington, Shane, Pittsburgh, uh, no, uh, no. Pittsburgh. <laughs> that was <laughs> if Willis slips into the early teens, I think Pittsburgh might make that jump. Tomlin wants him. Well, that was going to be my next question because, you know, if somebody's going to make a big move, it's probably going to be for a quarterback. So who is it that's looking quarterback that you think might? And like you said, the teams that are looking, they're probably a little too far down. Unless, unless like you say, unless it's really a, a buyer's market and they're just willing to do it for, you know, drop 10 picks for a third-round pick or something crazy. Mm-hmm. Could happen. It could happen or, you know, or it could be, okay, we'll take under value to move down a little bit and a team can move up for Sauce Gardner. A team can move up for Charles Cross, right? Now it's, you know, if you're Seattle at nine and you want Sauce Gardner and you have to pay, a, you know, a third, like, hey, you can do that. And it's not that expensive. And Carolina's just, they'll get whoever they want at nine anyway. So I, I think that's a possibility right. too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they yeah. can move down to, to nine, still get Cross. 
still get pinning if 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 they don't want the quarterback. So or yeah. or get whatever quarterback they want. Yeah, because they're um, you know they're in people you know you don't expect it when a team is as bad as the Panthers, but between the contract for Darnold and then the contract for McCaffrey, you know. Those those two probably take up twenty five to 33 percent of the salary cap for this coming season. It's crazy. It's only money, Paul. Hashtag yeah, salary well, cap's a myth. But you can, <laughs> man, you're going to spend it anyway. But you'd really like to not have what they go down to 50, player fifty one, right? The fifty one highest salaries on your roster comprise your salary cap. They're going to have yeah. to have. They're going to have to have 20 guys making minimum wage. <laughs> I'll give them a pass for paying the quarterback a bunch, but you know how I feel about running backs and paying them. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Brian, let's move on. Giants at number seven. Uh, you just picked a couple picks earlier. and You got Alabama offensive lineman Evan Neal. You're back on the clock with the pick from Chicago. Uh, who are you going with for the G-men? Well, I mean, I tipped this a while ago. This is this is Ahmad Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati. The corner Shane alluded to a team wants Sauce. They're going to have to trade ahead of the Giants to get him. Uh, th- this is easy to me. Top corner in this class at this point. Uh, I, I, this feels feels safe. I mean that, and that's on the short list of best nicknames, right? Sauce. I mean that's that's right up there. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, and so my question is, Sauce. Now, when I see a cornerback going this high, I think of Deion Sanders, Champ Bailey. You know those types of elite talents. Where does Sauce Gardner fit in that in that pecking order? How far down? Obviously, he's not Deion Sanders, but how far? How many tiers down is he from that? Give me a give me a comp prospect wise. Is he D. Milner? I would certainly hope not. Antonio I mean, in terms Pro- of a top ten pick, you know. Antonio Cromartie. Is, is he as good as Sean Springs? Yeah, that that was another name I had in my head. Yep, he went third overall. I mean, Sean's. I mean, Sauce gave up no touchdown passes in his career. Am I correct there, Shane? Correct. Zero. O- only only uh, person to ever throw a touchdown against him was uh, Desmond Ritter in a spring game. I mean, I'll double check, but I think that's good. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like everyone believes, you know, not not an elite guy, but definitely legitimate top ten overall pick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think he is. All right. Sure. And and Shane Paul, is that the right pick for the Giants to go corner here after picking up the offensive lineman earlier, or should they be oh, thinking I, something I else? Think so, given their defense and the fact that they're again cap is going to bite them, and they're going to try to get rid of Bradbury if they can, this kind of opens the door for that to possibly happen later on in this draft, perhaps. Yeah. All right. So, so we've talked about the Giants. Let's just keep it moving. Let's get the Falcons at number eight. What do you get the team that needs everything, Shane? <laughs> uh, this, this is such a linchpin, I think, pick of the top ten because they do have a lot of options. Um, I think it's a team where they don't have a quarterback. They signed Marcus Mariota, and that's definitely you know two-year deal. It's definitely like the the Steelers and Mitch Trubisky and the Saints and Jame- Jameis Winston. It's, it's a Band-Aid bridge quarterback. So I think they're going to be interested in guys like Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati and, you know, Malik Willis, uh, who's gone from Liberty. Um, 
I think that Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame, is a possibility. They draft Richie Grant two years uh, last year in the second round. Um, who he, you know, he played kind of some slot position. So I think I think Hamilton is in play. But um, ultimately, I even think offensive line has just underperformed for them. U- ultimately, I think you go back to another just bread and butter position. I think it's pass rusher. It's an edge rusher. And I think there's one more worth a top 10 pick. So at number eight, I'm going to take Jermaine Johnson, um, edge rusher from Florida State. Another player with one year of production because he transferred from Georgia to Florida state, but was absolutely dominant season start to season end. I think Brian was the first one on draft countdown to really talk about him and that dominance uh, we, on the podcast. Um, and you know, the one day at the senior bowl, I, I thought he looked like he was playing against high school players. <laughs> I mean, he was just wrecking guys. So I, you know, I think if you're the Falcons, this has been a need for so long for this team, Scott, I'm sure you remember drafts. You were, mocking at you know right past rushers to Atlanta and they still haven't drafted one um I think this is uh this is a good would be a good selection for them you can never go wrong with pass rushers um so w- what are where do you where do you are they thinking quarterback do you think um I do think like I mean I think Malik Willis you know obviously they had a <laughs> I was gonna I guess they had a mixed experience with Michael Vick but I think overly uh their fans look back positively on that on those days. Um, and you know, Malik Willis could maybe bring an element of that back. Is it, is that something that's strongly in consideration for the Falcons or do you think they're kind of not punting on this upcoming season, but just, they know where they are. Like, let's just load up. We'll worry about quarterback later. I I think there's a plan. I honestly, if there's a team that's going to trade back into the first round to draft a quarterback, I think it's the Atlanta Falcons. They have the draft capital to do it and they have a high second round pick. I think that's the plan. Take, a good player here and then trade back 30, 31, 32 and take a Desmond Ritter, you know, take a Matt Corral, take someone that they like that's going to be available there. That's my guess. If I had a guess right now. All right. Uh, so let's just keep it moving. Let's hit the Seahawks at number nine. Uh, so this is the pick they got from Denver uh, for Russell Wilson and the Russell Wilson deal. Pigskin Paul. Yeah. Now you're talking about a team that needs everything. Okay. I mean, come on. You you know, this this cries to me when the draft rolls around. And these guys used to do this. They're getting out if they possibly can. Um, but and I'm not trying to be a wise guy. I really think they need everything. I will give them now that their quarterback is gone. I love the irony that they take Charles Cross the best pass blocking offensive tackle in this draft class. And if they'd have taken a guy like him a couple of years ago, Russell Wilson might still be in Seattle right now instead of moving on to Denver. I came up with a stat that I just heard today and it was either from pro football focus. One of the, one of the stat generating places last year, it won't, this won't surprise you. Mississippi State with Cross at left tackle had 683 pass attempts. Welcome to Mike Leach country, right? He gave up one sack all season. I like that percentage. I mean, that's a pretty nice percentage. One sack and 683 snaps in pass pro. So, like I said, they need everything – I'm just going to fix what they never could fix when Russell was there. 
get me the best <laughs> offensive tackle left. And to me, it's Charles Cross. I feel like there's a little extra added element of pressure here too, because you know, this is the, the pick they got for Russell Wilson or the first big pick. And, you know, this is going to go on the resume of the decision makers, right? When they talk about that trade, you trade away Russell Wilson. Well, what did you get? And this is going to be one of the, the first things that, that people mention. So I, I wonder if that, or maybe I'm just imagining, maybe they're like, oh, I didn't even think of that. But well, you know if what? that is a consideration, does that make them more inclined to go safe or go for more upside? Um, I, the only reason I would defend this, because I have no idea what the heck they're going to do. Schneider is a really hard guy to figure out what he's doing and why. And I don't, I don't think he's the kind of guy that's going to worry about it, you know, perception of his legacy with this pick. Yeah. He's got Um, the blinders on. Yeah, exactly. But I, but I do think again, it's a strong possibility if somebody still wants a quarterback and now we're getting closer to 10, I think they might trade again and take another two, you know, go into this with a ton of draft capital in the first three rounds, trade a couple for another number one next year, which would give them three next year. And, you know, go crazy because they're not going to win this year no matter what they do with this pick. Hey, Brian, do you want to make a passionate argument for the Seahawks going in another direction there at nine? No? How about you, Shane? You got anything else that you're like, oh, they should maybe do this instead? I, I I think they should take Cross, but I, I just don't think he fit if he fits. Like th- this is this is an offense that wants to run the ball, and they've talked about it for years. And so I think that's as much a reason that Russell Wilson's gone to is like they won't just won't let him do what he wants to do. Um, and I think Cross, I, I think actually Cross could be really good at that, but we just haven't seen it. So right. I yeah, I wonder if a Derek Stingley bring back the old Legion of Boom style, you know, physical corner could be an intriguing pick too, but I don't think Cross is a bad pick. All right, Shane, you are on the board with the Jets. Uh, you dressed offensive line earlier when you made the pick at number four for them. Uh, what are you going to do at 10? Uh, I, I, I mean, th- this, is a, this is a tough selection. Once again, um, I sniped myself uh, by taking Jermaine Johnson at eight. So that's always good. <laughs> These mocks, like, uh, you know, that would actually be nice for him to fall. It would have made my job a lot easier for him to fall two more picks. Um, I, yeah, I, I just don't, once again, I don't think corner is a high priority for the defense. Um, I think they could take a defensive lineman. You know, there's not really an edge rusher we're taking here, but like, Jordan Davis might be a two down player and Devontae Wyatt's too high. So I'm going to look back on the offense to help Zach Wilson out. The Jets have been in the Jets have been in on every single receiver this off season. Uh, they try to trade for Tyree kill. They're probably going to try to trade for Debo Samuel. Maybe, maybe this is the pick that goes for him uh, with with all the rumors today. Um, so they take a receiver in this pick. I think the hard thing is which one, uh, because they're so unique. Like Garrett Wilson is my number one receiver. I think he's probably the best, uh, in this class. I think the jets might have him rated similarly. Um, but you know, he's on the smaller end, uh, along with Jameson Williams from Alabama. I think there are going to be teams that have him at number one. Um, and then, so you know what I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go maybe maybe this is dumb and it's gonna look stupid but I'm gonna have them take Drake London, um, the wide receiver Ooh. from Southern Cal and you know he did not work out could be 
because of his ankle injury, hamstring injury, whatever. Uh, but I, I think it's a fit. They have Elijah Moore, who's basically going to play the, the role that Jameson guy. Williams would play. Um, and, and they have Corey Davis, who they're paying a decent amount of money. So I think you need that big receiver who can get down the field, who can be that Mike Evans for this offense and really make contested catches to help Zach Wilson out. So I don't know, it feels high for him, um, but that that's you know that that's the idea. So I, I'm curious. It's kind of it sounds like this is one of those years where there's going to be a bunch of wide receivers that go in the first round, but maybe not as strong at the top. So I guess my first question now that we're getting to the wide receiver discussions. The, the first wide receiver off the board, whoever that ends up being, where would they be last year in the Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith rankings? To, to me, I, I, I would put the top receiver behind those three. Um, I th- but I, th- I don't think it's that far off from Devonta Smith. I wasn't a big Devonta Smith fan, but that, that's my opinion. All right. Brian, any thoughts on that? Um, I, I, I think wide receiver could be in play here. Um, I don't hate the player I'm about to take uh, with the 11th pick here either. So I'll just kind of. Oh, well, let's let's do it. Let's, let's get into <laughs> yeah, it. We've plenty more wide receivers to talk about. So let's go to number 11. We have Washington and Brian's making the pick. So I, I like wide receiver here. I think it's a good spot, but I think we have to go BPA here and, get the first domer off the board and let's go uh kyle hamilton safety notre dame here to the washington commanders at pick 11 i I tell you what i I, you know i like that pick um i i I can't believe he's still on the board outside the top 10 um and i i kind of hope he falls to the vikings at 12 even though i'm not a big vikings fan it would be nice to have him in minnesota and They've done pretty well with domers like uh, Harrison Smith, another safety, uh, Kyle Rudolph, et cetera. So, um, I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll say, obviously, I'm biased. I'm a Notre Dame fan, so I haven't evaluated him during pre-draft. I just know from what I've seen watching him, I've seen every game of his career. And the thing, I guess if I had to make one point as a Notre Dame fan about him, is that he's in pretty rarefied air. Notre Dame doesn't always get these special guys, right? It's, it's like every few years. And the other guys that I would put him in the class with are like Jalen Smith, Quentin Nelson. I mean, he's that type of next level talent that, you know, is pretty special. So um, I, I, I'm just a huge fan of his. um, And I think he's going to steal if he's available outside the top 10. How likely is this? Is he probably going to fall outside the top 10? Is there a chance he goes the top half of the first round or is this kind of where his stock is settled? I think this is about right for, you know, I mean, let's face it athletically he didn't blow out all the candles this off season postseason um you can't deny his productivity and his and his at least with pads on he looks a lot more athletic than he tested which is you know which is kind of important uh and that's the right way to go but i think with some of these other guys who have kind of stepped up and accelerated and Guys that blew the you know the roof off the you know dome in Indianapolis, I can see where he would slide a little bit. But this one makes an awful lot of sense to me. I mean, I'll bet you if this is the pick within 24 hours, if Landon Collins will be cut, um, you know, I mean, 
clean out the secondary and let's get going with a little more help back there. Some younger blood. All right. Let's uh, let's keep it moving. We're up to number 12 in the aforementioned Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Shane, you will be making this selection. Who are you going with? It's a, it's a tough pick. I think Kyle Hamilton would have fit nicely here, um, but he's off the board. Pass rusher is always a possibility. They did sign Zadarius Smith, uh, and I think you know Harrison Phillips and, and DJ Wanham maybe can hit the other end, but there's not really a guy here that I feel – great about um and i think offensively maybe a receiver this is a whole different offense with kevin o'connell might need more than just two adam thielen's getting older he's had some injuries and, yep. and thielen's no kid yeah but you know I'm, I'm but i'm gonna go back to defense i, I think Quessy is going to address one of the big time positions right that was kind of what cleveland's focus was corner receiver quarterback tackle edge and uh, so I'm going to go with a corner that I think can play corner. I think could even kick over to safety. I think is versatile enough. And I'm going to take Trent McDuffie, the corner from Washington here for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, you know, he's a little bit on the smaller side, a little shorter arms, but I mean, y- y- you watch him and he's just so, so sticky in coverage. So smart. He is, he can be physical despite those limitations. Uh, I think he's going to be a player that, that I'm a little bit lower on because of those measurable pieces. Um, but I, I think the NFL is going to like more than maybe your average draft guy out there. So I'm, I'm, I'm mildly surprised that you didn't go with uh, Derek Stingley uh, from LSU. And obviously the injuries oh, it, are taking you know, a toll on his. You know what? Honestly, can I go with Stingley? I, I, I actually thought oh, yeah. I, I thought he was gone. Yeah, I, I think they would take Stingley in a hurry here. So I'll, I'll make right. the change. You know, it's not quite the let the clock run out error of the Vikings pass, but we'll make, we'll make the quick change here for Derek Stingley for LSU. I apologize. So, uh, Brian, uh, talk to me about Stingley. And because he's another guy, you know, we talked about earlier, like Thibodeau. He was one of those guys, like, immediately right, right away as a freshman. We're like, oh, yeah, top five pick. Boom. Well, we thought the exact same thing about Stingley. I mean, we thought top, maybe even a top overall pick, yet here we are at number 12 and he's still on the board. Obviously, he's basically missed, what, two full seasons with the injuries, but is that the only thing, or is there concerns about his game that propped up? I, I think there's a little a little cause for alarm with, with some of the ta- tape he put out there in limited action the last two years, so it's, it, it's something to be concerned with, but I think he alleviated a lot of concerns with his workout and his pro day. Um, I was kind of hoping that Shane's error would have stuck because I probably would have uh, <laughs> gone with him here at pick 13. But uh, no, I, I think Derek Singley's going to be just fine uh, as an NFL corner and will probably go a long way to making everybody forget that what what's happened the last two years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I was just talking to somebody the other day about how Rob Gronkowski fell to the second round because he basically didn't, he didn't play at all. I don't think his junior season or, or very, very little. And that's why he fell to the second round. So, um, you know, I think both st- the last two picks, Stingley and Hamilton are kind of in that, that same category where they're only available here because they've been hurt, but if they stay healthy, they're, you know, very top of the draft type of talents it seems. All right. Let's keep it moving. We have the Houston Texans on the board again at number 13. Uh, this is the pick they acquired from the Cleveland Browns in the Deshaun Watson deal. Brian, who do you got for the Texans here? After uh, their earlier pick was Kayvon Thibodeau, the pass rusher from Oregon. I haven't really seen this mocked a whole lot. And 
I could be making a colossal mistake here, but I feel like this is time for a splashy pick, so to speak. And there wasn't any splashier player coming out of the combine than Georgia defensive tackle Jordan Davis. And I feel like he fits in what Houston can do as either as a nose or as a defensive tackle uh, better than the two players they currently have listed at the top of their depth chart there. So, I mean, this this feels like a good spot for Jordan Davis to go, and plus it, you know, kind of snipes the Ravens and the Eagles, who I think both would uh, have interest in, in Jordan Davis. And truly uh, freakish numbers, you know, and I think of freakish numbers at defensive tackle in terms of that size, speed, you know, I think Don Terry Poe, someone like that, and this is about the range Don Terry Poe went. I think he went early teens, right? Uh, so the Texans, um, obviously uncertainty with quarterback, I guess. I don't know. Is it just me or did Davis Mills show enough last year that I, I think they're going to give him another chance? Or do we think the Texans might pull the trigger on a quarterback at, with one of these picks? I think it obviously depends on who you talk to, but I have heard um, several people, including Lovey Smith, the head coach, but, you know, it's – it's time to say the right thing, whether it's what you're really going to do or not. Uh, he says Davis Mills is the quarterback. And today, Daniel Jeremiah, on path to the draft, said, in his opinion, Davis Mills would be the number one quarterback in this draft class. Oh, that, that's an interesting thought experiment, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Davis Mills goes back to school one more year and he's in this draft class. Very interesting. Uh, Shane, Brian, I'm just curious because I've never heard your thoughts on it, I guess. What are your thoughts on Davis Mills? Do uh, you think he has the potential to be the guy there, or is he just a placeholder? I think he has some potential. I think he flashed it late last season. So I think Texas should give him another shot. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if Lovey Smith, if they believe he's going to be the coach for a long time. You know, <laughs> but I think it's better to uh, keep that consistency, build the rest of the team, and you know, see if this young guy with – Arm talent can develop. I, yeah, I think it's the right move. Brian, do you think the Texans uh, make a significant investment in a quarterback in this draft, or do they run it back with Davis Mills? I mean, everything you hear is, is that Davis Mills is going to be given every chance to start. Um, they haven't brought anybody in, a veteran-wise, that even remotely challenges him. Jeff, just Jeff Driscoll, Kyle Allen. I mean, nothing. So it certainly feels that at least for 2022, it's the Davis Mills show. And you know what else, too, is like, you know, a lot of decision makers, they love to be able to say, oh, I found this guy when everybody else passed on him. You don't really get that opportunity when you take somebody early in the first round and then you open yourself to a whole other wave of potential criticism that doesn't work out. Whereas if Davis Mills worked out, they're going to they're gonna be eating out on that for the rest of their careers, right? Oh, I got him in the third round. So I, I, I think that's probably gives Davis Mills a little bit longer of a leash too, because he'll be such a kind of a resume builder, but uh, I digress. So, all right, next up, Pigskin Paul, you turn to make a pick for the Baltimore Ravens at number 14. Yeah. Consistently one of the best drafting teams in the league. So no pressure to uh, no pressure. Uh, continue no pressure. It. I'll tell you what, I so badly want to mock Tyler Lindenbaum to them, but I look at where I've got him ranked and I look at where this pick is, and I just, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And then I want to give him 
a full-sized wide receiver. And a full-sized one. Well, you look at the roster, they got a lot of 5'10, 5'9, 5'11 guys. And but by the same token, they could probably wait till later in the season if they took Jamison Williams here. And he would probably become their best, especially at their best deep threat. But now my question is, can Lamar get the ball 50 yards downfield accurately to a guy like Jamison Williams? I have serious questions about that. Um, so I could play it safe, and I think I'll do it. I also think that their offensive line, last year they were miserable at offensive, out at left tackle when they got waiver out of retirement, more or less. I know they signed Morgan Moses, but take a look at his age and his mobility. It's limited. So having He wasn't said, particularly nimble when he was coming out of college. No, no. <laughs> the, the, you know, I called him the Black Moses. He looked like Isaac Hayes to me at the Senior Bowl. Um, so I'm going to go for something in between, but I think it'll work for the Baltimore Ravens. Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. I think he'll be starting in one of those tackle positions by November. All right, Brian, this seems like a, a Brian Bosarge type of player. So I want to hear you talk about Trevor Penning. My, my love for Trevor Penning is well known on the, the draft countdown podcast, uh, especially after his senior bowl uh, muggings. Down there. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, no, I, I, I like this pick. I think he's a, he would be a linchpin there at right tackle for them at some point. Uh, you know, you're hoping, I'm assuming Ronnie Stanley will be back at left tackle. Maybe. So, uh, yeah, no, this, this is, this is solid, uh, solid place for pinning. Um, he'll, he'll, his attitude will fit in there, um, very well. So, yeah, no, I have, I, I, I would hate to see it. But you know, <laughs> I like gonna chan- sorry, Brian. <laughs> gonna channel a little Zeus Brown with that uh, nastiness. Picture, picture that him, picture penning by November, and starting right next to him at guard is Ben Cleveland, last year's humongous guy from the senior bowl. It's a wall. All right, yeah. Brian, you're up next with the Philadelphia Eagles from New Orleans. Uh, so uh, two teams that we're going to hear a little bit from in these coming picks. So start us off with the Eagles at 15. Oh, mute. I feel like if I don't go with the wide receiver here, I may get assaulted, uh, at <laughs> least on Twitter. But has any team invested as much high draft capital in the wide receiver position and got so little from it as the Philadelphia Eagles have over the last three years? I mean, Jalen Rager, Devontae Smith, who, I mean, did good last year, but yeah. our Sega Whiteside, I mean, just, but so we're going to have to try to fix well, it again. I was going to say the Detroit Lions, but they got it right the third time, right? Charles Rogers, nope. Roy Williams, nope. 
Megatron. So are they going? Is this third well, time's a charm for Philly? They also drafted Mike Williams as the third one, by the way. Megatron. Oh yeah. Well, they got they failed three straight times. The Matt Millen here, and then get the fourth one a little bit later. So let's go with Garrett Wilson. The uh, wide receiver from Ohio State, uh, Shane's top wide receiver, my number two wide receiver. Uh, but I feel like he, if he's still on the board here, I think Philadelphia probably goes in that direction. Yeah, and, and I mean, kind of an indictment, right? That you have to do that again. It's uh, it's it's not a great look, and um, and uh, so I mean, is, is it pretty clear they're going to take a wide receiver in the first round again? Or I mean, is that I seem pretty likely? So. Yeah. I would think so. You know, if this is the Jalen Hurts has got to prove it year, yeah. then you better do a few things for him to give him a chance. You know, like their offensive line is pretty old in most in a lot of spots, and it's pretty banged up, and it's pretty mediocre. Um, somewhere later on, they're going to have to. In fact, well, I won't say it till we're past their second pick. I think this next pick coming up for them, they would take. And uh, I, I actually paid a little closer attention to Philly last season than most teams because I had bought a couple Jalen Hurts cards and I was like, you know, watching to see when was the right time to sell them and everything. And I, I did not like what I saw. To me, that coaching staff was trying to fit him into their system rather than working around what he does best. And I mean, to me, that's a huge, huge problem. Um, and, and I don't know that if, if, you, they don't, if they don't get that fixed, I don't know that anything else is going to matter. So, um, yeah, I mean, giving him another weapon, that's fine and dandy. But if he's throwing the ball enough that they need three first-round receivers, I think you're already uh, going down the wrong path before you even begin. Um, I don't know. What are, you, what are your thoughts on uh, – so just to wrap up on the Eagles here and the wide receiver, uh, I, I said, you know, does it look like you guys feel pretty confident they're going to go that route again? Do they feel that it's that desperate of a situation still, huh? I, I don't think it's necessarily going to be the case. I think it could be. Um, yeah. But it wouldn't surprise me if this staff just goes, goes defense, def, drafts two defensive linemen. You know, I, I think we could we could see them bypass the position and, you know, just it, it could be a situation of do they want Jalen Hurts to succeed, right? Like now you have two first-round picks next year. You can move up for a quarterback. You know, maybe this is a situation of building the other things, and if he doesn't show he's a top five quarterback, they could, you know, go that route. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see. All right, next up at number sixteen, the New Orleans Saints from Philly. Brian, who do you got for the Saints? Oh, this feels like it could be a quarterback here, but that's what I was wondering. I am not going to go there. I don't think so. I think the Saints, if any team can absorb this. Uh, type of weight, uh, maybe week six, week eight, before they get anything out of him. I think the Saints are a team that could do it. So I feel like the risk uh, factor is a bit mitigated here for them. And so the New Orleans Saints, with pick 16, will take Jamison Williams, yep. wide receiver, Alabama. Mm. And and still, despite the, the injury, still top half of the first round. Um Shane, talk, talk, talk to me about Jamison Williams. What makes him such a special player that, you know, despite the circumstances, he's still going this early? And where would he have gone if not for the injury? 
Yeah, I, I think it would have been the clear-cut wide receiver one, if not for the injury. And, I mean, just the speed and production at Alabama for a year is huge. I think that's it's important. He's not just a slot guy. You could play him outside in some schemes. I think the Saints would be a really good spot to stretch the field that they've desperately needed for a while and haven't found the right guy. Um, the, the, really, I think the fear is he has one-year production because he couldn't beat out two other receivers in this class. You know, he couldn't beat out Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. And now is he going to get drafted above both of them? I think that's the one fear you have to look at the why did that happen? Um, was it him? Was it something else Did he do? Is he just a late bloomer? Um, I think that'll be the questions asked by teams. All right, Ryan rank as prospects coming out of college, Jalen Waddle, uh, uh, Jameson Williams and Devonte Smith. Based off of where I would have had uh, a healthy yeah. Jameson Williams, I maybe a healthy, okay. maybe I should a healthy Jameson healthy. Williams, yeah. Probably Waddle because I think he more is more of a creator than Williams than Smith. Okay, interesting. So better than Heisman Trophy winner. That's <laughs> or even being in the conversation. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So all right, Pixie and Paul, you are up next with the. Los Angeles, don't call me San Diego Chargers. Uh, you got. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I know we are heartbroken right now in L.A. in the Chargers locker room, draft room, whatever, because all four of the offensive tackles, the elite ones, are gone. And we were looking for the guy to start on the other side of the line from Rashawn Slater from last year. And now we got, we got our big guy quarterback protected, but I think I'm not prepared to, to plug in Kenyon green or our buddy Zion Johnson quite yet here. So I'm going to take a different route and I'm going to say, I think there's a lot of mediocrity once you get, past Keenan Allen and Williams at receiver. I'm going to, now that we're on a run at the wide receiver position, Chris Olave to the Chargers. I like it, Chris. Big big play, Olave. Uh, And like you said, a run on wide receivers. So as we said, there's maybe not that elite guy at the top, but I mean, there's even, is is there a chance we could flirt with the record for wide receivers in the first round? Now, what is it again? What's the record? Six, right? Is it six? I believe. Am I right? I mean, I, I, I think I think maybe you could match that, maybe. Uh, right. But I think that's probably going to be it. Because we're at four already, and it's only a pick. We're not even on the top twenty. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll see how we end up. We got it's a bunch slightly of possible, line, but... but all right. All right, so uh, let's just keep it moving because we'll have, I think, probably another wide receiver. We can revisit that with the next one because, I mean, the Packers have two picks, right? So we've got to have another wide receiver or Packers fans might have maybe, pitchforks out. Maybe. All right, Brian, you're back on the board with the Eagles uh, from New Orleans. Uh, just a few picks earlier at 15. You took Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver from Ohio State. Who do you have for Philly this time? I'm going to go with a corner here, but I'm going to preface this by saying that I'm not as high on this guy as my partner Shane P. Hallam is. But, uh, and I think the NFL is probably higher on him than I am as well. 
Uh, Shane mentioned his shorter arm length, but uh, the tape is very good. Uh, Eagles need to get someone to go opposite Darius, Darius Slay here. Currently slotted right there is uh, last year's fourth-round pick, uh, Zek McPherson from Texas Tech. But I think we can do better than that. So we're going to go with Trent McDuffie, corner, Washington here, pick 18 to the Philadelphia Eagles. All right. It seems like that's kind of been a sore spot for Philly constantly for about the last decade or so to some degree or another. Um, so you can't go wrong. So talk to me about McDuffie. You talked about um, some of his traits, but like, who does he remind you of Shane? Is there a specific uh, player that you've scouted or seen in the past that you would comp him to? Um, you know, as, as a prospect, I comp him to Bryant McFadden um, mm-hmm. back, back in 2005, I think has, you know, doesn't have all of, he doesn't look the part, right. He's not Derek Stingley, but he's, he's physical. I think he's a tough player. Um, you know, I, I do wonder what the upside is, but I think you, you watch him and they put him on an Island. I mean, they put their two corners on an Island. Both of them might go in this, this draft. Um, so I, I think that's what you, you like that he's playing in the pack 12 and not giving up space, very smooth athlete, great hips. I really like how he, you know, transitions in and out of his breaks. I mean, he mirrors really well. He, he doesn't let a receiver get a clean cut. I just think the NFL is going to really like him. Like I said, I even think safety is a possibility. Move him to free safety and let him like one deep, two deep. Uh, I think he'd be phenomenal. All right, Brian, you're on the clock again with the Saints. And once again, just a couple picks earlier, you picked for them and you took Jamison Williams, the wide receiver from Alabama. Who do you got for Nolans this time? Oh, I think he got mute. Okay. The Saints are not one to shy away from doing bold things. Nor, so I, I expect uh, them to trade up with one of these two picks uh, at some point in the draft, if any team's going to do it, probably to get an offensive tackle to keep them from having to do what I'm fixing to do here, which is uh, maybe overdraft a uh, tackle. But we're going to go with – the fifth offensive tackle prospect to go would be in the top 19, a redshirt sophomore, uh, Tyler Smith, Tulsa. Mm-hmm. 6 7 six, 19 here to the Saints. All right. So I guess I want to – I have two questions on this. One, wh- why not quarterback? Uh, do you think they aren't going to take a quarterback? Or what, what are your thoughts on the quarterback situation with the Saints? And then I want to hear more about Tyler Smith. I think if – Malik Willis was available. I think they might go with that upside. Uh, but if you look at the way they were playing when Jameis Winston was healthy a year ago, they were leading their division better than Tampa Bay uh, in the NFC South. I think that they want to see what they can get with a full season of Jameis Winston. So I think they, they maybe lay off the quarterback, or if they don't, if one's still available at pick 49 – that they like if someone falls there, Sam Howell, Matt Corral, maybe, maybe they look at it there. But uh, right now I think this is, this is where they go. All right. Uh, since you picked them, why don't you uh, give me the breakdown on Tyler Smith too? Uh, this is pro- earlier, I think fair to say than, than most probably have him is uh, how, how early is it? It's, it's probably a little early, maybe about t- 
six or eight picks early. I actually mocked him oh. to the Chargers a few weeks ago uh, okay. to, with that pick because of the same situation where all the tackles went, and I just couldn't think of anybody else to go with to the Chargers. Um, but, I, I mean, I think Smith's tape is good. He's, he's um, a, a big bully, big, strong pass rusher, a pass blocker on that uh, side. He's, you know, been one of the better offensive tackles in the American Conference the last couple of seasons. Uh, and, and they've had, you know, decent – you know, he's faced decent pass rushers, you know, there. So, it's not like he's gone against, you know, bums. So, it, it's a lot to like there with, with Tyler Smith. And I think you – know, Upside would be the uh, word there you're looking for there. Maybe maybe he doesn't have to uh, – they, they can ease him in a little bit. And it's consistently something we've seen along the offensive line in the draft the last, what, 10, 12 years or so. I can even remember going back, like Dwayne Brown, when he went late in the first round. Oh, that was a reach. Um, uh, James Carpenter, that was a surprise when he went late in the first round. So offensive linemen do have a tendency to get pushed up. Alex Leatherwood in the top 20 so there's lots of examples of that so no I, I don't think uh, that's that's crazy by any stretch of the imagination you always need blockers all right next up at number 20 the Pittsburgh Steelers and we got Shane who always has his finger on the pulse of that team so I, ex- I fully expect this to be dead on Shane okay <laughs> thanks uh it, look Najee Harris um TJ Watts Bud Dupree David DeCastro, Jarvis Jones, Cam Hayward, Marquise Pouncey. The Steelers have a tendency to have the player they want just fall into their lap and they just get them. I know you senior guys that were down in Mobile think the Steelers want Malik Willis. I think it's very possible they want Kenny Pickett and he can just keep his parking spot on the south side and all is good. I'm taking Kenny Pickett here for the Steelers. I think if Pickett or Willis are there at 20, I think they pull that trigger um instantly for either one of those players i do think willis probably you know probably is the ideal for them um but i think they're going to sit back and even if those two guys are gone i think it's still going to be a quarterback maybe it's desmond ritter maybe it's matt Crowell. um they are not shy about what they want to do and they've brought in every quarterback under the sun for a visit they have never uh, since mike tomlin's been the head coach they've gone to, he's gone to every ohio state pro day except this year because he went to Mississippi to watch Matt Corral, you know, there's a reason like they're drafting the quarterback uh, at that 20 and uh, they'll take the best one and, and pick it's the highest one probably on their board. So, I, I mean, you're very, it sounds adamant that they're going to be taking quarterback early. It's just which one and how early um, I, do you think there's a chance they trade up and just really get aggressive? Cause I mean, we've seen Pittsburgh get address aggressive in the draft, not necessarily for quarterback because they haven't had to do it for, 20, 20 years here, two decades. But, I mean, could you see them moving into the top 10 to get Willis or Pickett? I, I, I never say never. I, I think it's a possibility. It's Kevin Colbert's last draft as a GM. He's retiring after the draft. And he wants to pull an Ozzie Newsome and leave with the quarterback. Kind of hinted that he wants – he took Ben Roethlisberger. He wants to take the next guy and, yeah, you know, have 40 years of franchise quarterbacks. So, I think, I think they could. I think they could. But I, I – I'm not sure if they like any of these quarterbacks enough to say, oh, that is the guy. But I think they like them all, but with a year sitting behind Mitch Trubisky, we can develop them. I think that's going to be more the thought of confidence in themselves more than these quarterbacks themselves. Yeah. Pigskin Paul, give me your 30-second take on Kenny Pickett. Um, The thing that scares me about Kenny Pickett, besides his double-jointed thumbs, is that – 
it took him five years to have the big season that he had last year. And I remember watching him in those pit games prior to 2021. And it seemed to me, if you brought the heat and he was really under pressure, he made some horrible decisions. So, I mean, I mean, and like, like you said, he's been around long enough that, I mean, even when I was like full on covering the draft, I remember Kenny Pickett and at no point yeah. was I thinking, oh, this yeah. is the first round franchise quarterback. Um, and I, I just, a lot has changed, but yeah, I mean, that's, no, that is a meteoric no rise. There's no upside in my opinion, but you know, if, you know, Tomlin's pretty conservative, so, you know, they can manipulate that and keep him from making too many mistakes. And, and, and can I say one more thing? I think you know, Dan Rooney, the owner, remembers his his dad, you know, being basically convinced to pass on Dan Marino. So Talks now you have another pick quarterback. You're going to pass on another one? And if he turns into a stud, <laughs> how's that going to look? I mean, That's it, a good point. So. Yeah, uh, I mean, it haunts them uh, half a century later to this day, right? They'll yeah. never let them live it down. So that's a very good point, Shane. All right, speaking of Shane, you are on the clock next at number 21 with the New England Patriots. Uh, yeah, New England's tough. I, they have they have a ton of needs. Um, you know, this is not a complete roster. I, I don't know if Bill Belichick's really done a great job in the draft recently. Um, I think it's been average. You know, Mac Jones maybe is, is looking like he can develop into the guy for them. Um so really, I think uh, corner has been I don't know, a disastrous offseason. J.C. Jackson's gone, and they, they're pretty barren there. Um, so they could take a Kyer Elam from Florida, Kyler Gordon from Washington, Andrew Booth from Clemson. But I, I do think this is about where the interior linemen are going to start going off the board. I think the question is, you know, which one? Uh, we saw the Patriots trade away, um, you know, Shaq Basin to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think this pick would come down to Zion Johnson from Boston College or Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa. Um, you know, David Andrews is going to start at center. So I'm going to lean to guard. I'm going to have him take Zion Johnson, the guard from Boston College, in a, in a close race here, even with the, the Kirk Ferentz connection. Um, I, I think Zion's probably the better player for New England's uh, scheme where they do run some of that gap power where you want longer arms and you want those interior linemen to have that. And I think also that Zion Johnson has already proven pretty much he can play either center or guard. You know, and, and Belichick likes the smart guys and everything I hear is that Zion is, you know, like in the offensive line room telling everybody what's going on and stuff. So I can't argue with that one at all. I mean, it, the Patriots, they're always as tough as any team to predict what they're going to do. And But, I, I mean, to me, am I wrong to say that, like, Zion Johnson feels like one of the safest players in the whole draft? I mean, is there any chance he doesn't play in the NFL for 10 years? I mean, he is was, his floor like a swing backup? And he was born to play yeah. interior offensive line in the NFL, in my opinion. Just look at the guy. Yeah, he's proven himself every step of the way. Right. You know, so, yeah, I, I, I like that guy. All right. Pigskin Paul, you are on the clock with the Green Bay Packers with the pick they got from Vegas for Devonte Adams. Is, is this the time Gentlemen, to get the wide receiver in memory of Javon Walker, wide receiver, <laughs> Florida State. 
who in 2002, I think, was yeah. the last first-round wide receiver. The Green Bay Packers, but now this will floor you. You're going to love it, Shane. Take Chris Watson, Ooh. wide receiver from North Dakota State. And my comment Very. is physically and mentally, what's not to love about this guy? You know, I, I mean, he's got a Raz. Brian, you got me converted on that Raz thing. He's got a Raz of 9.96. 10 is the highest you can get. You know, I mean, just everything he did, 38 and a half inch vertical, 4.3640, 32 and a half inch arms, 10 and an eighth inch hands. You know, there isn't a thing. Even at his size, he had a 6.96 three cone where seven is the, you know, make it or break it kind of thing. He may not be ready immediately. No matter who they draft, Aaron Rodgers is going to be cautious about throwing to him too much until he trusts him. But I think this kid has the size. I think he's got – he's just got it. And as Shane would say, the next Cooper Cup. So, Shane, all right, uh, you're a skill position guy. So now we're getting into that next tier of wide receivers, right? We have that top four, and now this is the start of the next tier. So talk to me a little bit about who is in this next tier and kind of where Christian Watson fits in that tier. Look, I think he's he's there. I'm a big, big Christian Watson fan. Um, You know, I I had an article back in January comparing, I think think the NFL, he's going to have a Cooper Cup type of career where it's going to take a little bit. It's going to be productive. Um, the one fear is he had Trey Lance at quarterback. He had a top three pick at quarterback and didn't have a thousand yard season. But North Dakota State runs the football. You know, they, they, FCS they yeah. run the ball, and, and yeah. he's and he's running reverses and you know that kind of deal. Um, so, but I think like Traylon Burks from Arkansas is basically like, do you want do you want the athletic upside of Watson, or do you take you know Burks who has maybe that size and that that short area body control. Um, but didn't have the workout numbers that you wanted. You know, do you take George Pickens that might have some off the field character effort concerns? Like, do you take Jahan Dotson, who's just small but really productive? That, that's where I think these teams like the Chiefs and the Packers are going to have to make decisions. Well, I think I'm rooting for this because I think during our Senior Bowl podcast, I predicted Christian Watson would go in the first round in some shape or form. So I think I'm rooting for that to happen. So, all right. Uh, next up at number 23, we have the Arizona Cardinals with Brian making the pick. What do you got for Arizona in the desert? I, uh, I'm torn between two guys here, uh, torn between corner and replacing JJ Watt. And I feel like this is the way to go. And he's fallen out of favor here in the last few weeks, maybe even falls out of the first round, but I feel the builds are similar. The Midwest upbringing is similar. Uh, so let's go with uh, George Karlaftis, Purdue, uh, to Arizona here at pick 23. I like that because I was just doing counting here and it's been 15 picks since we've had an edge come off the board, which it can't go too much longer because everyone's looking for him all the time, right? So um, I, I – I mean, obviously, the easy comparison is Ryan Kerrigan, right? I mean, they play both played at Purdue. They I, they're built the same. Built really, you know. I I felt like that's what I was watching watching him. Uh, 
what do you think the Cardinals, do you think they're going to do anything on offense with Kyler Murray to give him more support, or do you think they're looking defense here? Uh, Shane, do you think, uh, do you think they're going to, obviously Kyler Murray, is it just Kyler Murray just wants to get paid is why he's unhappy, or do you think like giving him a little extra help might solve that wound? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think the investment, DeAndre Hopkins and, you know, bringing back James Conner, I, like, I think the offense is fine. The offensive line could use an upgrade, but that defense is, is kind of what held them back in a lot of ways. So yeah, I think edge rusher, I think uh corner, um, definitely in play here. And they don't have a ton of picks in this draft. Like they have a couple of top right. and then they got a long gap to the, to the sixth round. So they better make these positions count. Yep, absolutely. All right, Shane, you are up next with the Dallas Cowboys at 24. Uh, always a team that everyone's watching closely on draft day. So, I, you know, I, I think, man, there's, there's a lot of good fits here for Dallas. I mean, Devin Lloyd is still on the board, linebacker from Utah. Who I think an off-ball linebacker is a big need for them, but it just doesn't feel like something Jerry Jones would do. <laughs> it's, you know, I think that's the question I have: is like, what what would Jerry Jones actually do? They just had Kelvin Joseph get arrested, um, you know. So, like, corner is back on the board as well. Um, but I, you know, I think there's a player that would tempt Jerry Jones. And when Brian and I had our mock, uh, I, I took this player here, and I'm not going to do it tonight. But I think Traylon Burks from the University of Arkansas would be tempting. Like Jerry Jones taking, you know, remember him taking Felix Jones back in the day, and uh, yep. just making yep. that play. The Razorbacks. So I can't, I can't do it. Uh, so, but I'm going to take Tyler Linderbaum here. Uh, you know, I, I think if I think the offensive line specifically, they need a left guard. And honestly, the center position's a mess. Like Linderbaum could plug in at either one of those positions. Um, they've definitely moved to a little more of zone style, inside zone scheme, and he fits what the, what they want. I think that's another player that Jerry Jones and company would like. Um, but uh, I think Dallas go just so many ways in this draft. Uh, I think it, it's going to be a tough team to mock for um, at the end of the day. And, you know, for all the guff Jerry Jones takes for his, like, personnel decisions and specifically with the draft, the, the one thing that he kind of gets credit for that's a feather in his hat is what he's done with the offensive line, right? He's, he's brought in some really good offensive linemen. So, you know, that, that might be an, – and even though it's not a sexy position, it still might be an ego stroke for Jerry to uh, continue that and saying, you know, this is my specialty. And it's, it's a comfort zone for him, I guess is what I'm trying to say. All right. Shane, you are up next again with the Buffalo Bills at 25. Who's going to be uh, breaking the table? <laughs> um, yeah, the, the Bills. Uh, th this is this is a nice – they have a nice team. I don't think they have a ton of holes. I think corner is probably their biggest hole. That was a big problem for them. I think they're going to take multiple corners in this draft. Um, and then, you know, I think receiver is a possibility too. I mean, Gabe Davis had a great playoff game, five touchdowns, but – um, they really need to replace Emmanuel Sanders. I don't think Traylon Burks is a great fit. I don't think any of these other receivers, you know, John Dotson probably wouldn't fit. I think this is where maybe we see a running back. Maybe we see Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker go off the board. Um, but, you know, that just doesn't feel like a, a smart move. So I'm going to go corner. I'm going to take – I'm going to take Kyer Elam, the corner from Florida. Um, I, I think there's a lot of corners in play this late in the draft. I think Elam – I think um, Kyler Gordon from Washington, Trent McDuffie's teammate, is uh, has a good shot to go in the first. Andrew Booth from Clemson's probably talent-wise. I think the NFL is going to like him more than Elam, 
but he had the the hernia surgery. I think there's some injury questions. So I'll kind of play it safe, take Kyrie Irving, take a physical man cover corner on the outside who I think is better than he's getting credit for. And uh, Buffalo maybe can have a new outside corner to lock in that defense a bit. Brian, Shane was kind of uh, naming some of the other cornerbacks kind of in the discussion in this tier at that position. Um, do you agree with going with Elam, or is there somebody else you would have made an argument for? I love Kyrie Elam. Uh, he's my number three corner in this class. Uh, I love his size, his speed. Uh, a lot more of a zone cover guy uh, than oh, some of the others. So it's uh, – He's, he's fun, though, and he's a player I definitely like a lot and uh, have seen – I only have one pick left, and some of the guys that I've been – have on the old uh, wish list there are slowly getting chopped off here. <laughs> that, that's the worst, right? You're just hoping they fall to you. And... I'm All sweating right. uh, here. <laughs> it's time for uh, Pigskin Paul to take the next one of Brian's guys off the board for the, the Tennessee Titans <laughs> here at number 26. Now, Break Brian's you... heart again, Paul. What do you think? Is there any way that Mike Vrabel has a card made up and Tyler Vrabel is his pick in the first round? <laughs> he takes his son. No, I know. Okay, but I'm going to shock you almost as much, but I'm serious about this one. The Titans are incredibly poor in the tight end position right now. And I know there's been a lot of debate whether there's anybody good enough for round one in the tight end group. I think there is. I think there may be two. And I think, again, looking at the Raz numbers, Mike Vrabel's going to take Jelani Woods from Virginia, tight end. Oh, boy. This is, this is Brian's guy. I can see the smile. I know this name. Brian, I'll just give the floor to Brian, and we can all just mute ourselves and – Look, I love Jelani Woods. <laughs> I really do. And his rat, his best, most athletic tight end to ever do it. Uh, but Jelani Woods isn't going in the first round and probably shouldn't. He's an older prospect, uh, only really one year of production. Uh, if you're going tight end here, and I don't mind the tight end pick, but it had to be McBride, right? If, if you're going to go tight end in round one. I just got any surprises though. I just think be... that Vrabel is That's a surprise. <laughs> is a big time from the Belichick mold, and he's got his own mindset on what he wants. And I just think the guy that the only reason he only stood out for one year was he spent three years at Oklahoma State, and all they did was tell him the block for their running game, and that also makes him you know almost twenty. Five, so <laughs> like, like well, you just can't, can't take that in the first yeah, round. But, yeah, but you know what, Shane? I say on that one, and I won't get too carried away with this. It, it's not just this pick. You know, I hear that, and I hear the same kinds of arguments, you know, about the running back. You know, you, you don't want to take them too early because that second contract, if it's a big one, they'll never make it to the end of it. But you know what? What's the average career in the NFL? Four years? So if you get a guy that's 25 or 26 even, if they play five or six years and they play well. Who was the, the fireman Philly took at the back end of the first round? Remember the offensive lineman? Yeah. From besides that, if they're really good, you won't want to pay the second contract anyway. The, the only prediction I'm going to make in regards to Jelani Woods is that whenever he gets drafted, our group text is going to light up. 
<laughs> it's going to be like a race to it to see who can comment first. So, all right, let's keep it moving. Uh, we're in the stretch run here. We're at number 27. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady. Shane, where are they going? Yeah, I actually think it, it, it lines up uh, a little similarly to the Patriots. I think they could take Traylon Burks here. Um, you know, uh, they signed Russell Gage, uh, but Chris Godwin's coming off the ECL. He's not going to be able to start the year. I think they're going to want some more reserves so they don't have a tight end. Um, so I, I think that could be an issue. I'm going to not go that route. I think offensive line, I think they could take Kenyon Green um, from Texas A&M, the guard. But I think defensive line is a big need. I mean, outside of Vita Villa, they don't have much there on the interior. And um, run a player who I, I think there are going to be some teams that maybe are skeptical or have some off the field concerns. But I think Tampa's a team with a good locker room. You have Tom Brady. You know, you can take a player like this. I'm going to have him take Devontae Wyatt, the defensive lineman from Georgia. You know, super athletic, productive. You can put him in in that three tech position and, you know, let him run wild and get penetration. Um, I think it would really help that Tampa front against the run and give them some more interior pass rush that the defense is built on. All right. And obviously they have plenty of weapons still for Tom Brady on, on offense. Um, maybe offensive line. Is that a possible alternative? If they were to go somewhere on offense, maybe offensive line. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, like Kenny Green from Texas A&M is probably the last yeah. one left that I feel good about going in the first round, you know, then I think um, they could go that way, but you know, they traded for Shaq Basin. I think they can hold it down for a little while at the very least. And Hey, they have a track record. They can find good, good blockers in the third, fourth round. So yeah, absolutely. All right. Pigskin Paul, you are back up with your green Bay Packers again at number 28. Uh, a few okay. weeks ago, you you chose Christian Watson, the wide receiver from North Dakota State. Who's going to join him? Okay, we are not going to take another wide receiver. Okay, um, Packers, I think, are going to take one of the fast Packers fans ones. would love it if they did, though, right? If they took two wide some receivers. of them would. Yeah, some of them would, um, but not the smart ones. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that they highly treasure. The edge rushers, you know, they brought in Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith a couple of years ago. They let Zadarius go because of his back surgery and whatever. They took Rashawn Gary, who was an inside guy at Michigan, and they moved him outside. I think they're going to go for an edge player, and it's going to be my favorite guy. It's going to be Boye Mafe from Minnesota. Who has, who has come on like gangbusters and we're talking here we're talking pick 28 we're almost at the end of round one i see them doing that because i think they're going to have to let preston smith go next year because of his contract yep uh so uh, once again pass rushers um at the end of the first round so Obviously, Boye Mafe is in that conversation. Is there a, a one or two other pass rushers that are kind of in this discussion that, that might sneak into the back end of round one? Um, Arnold yeah. Evangetti from Penn State. From Penn State. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I think I think Logan Hall from Houston. Um, and maybe someone takes <laughs> – I see Brian trying to shush me over there. I know I know where you're going, Brian. Uh, or David Ajabo from Michigan. He, you know, he had the, the injury. At if his, you can uh, wait. Workout. Absolutely. You know. So I think all I tell you what, I, I, 
where is Drake Jackson from USC going to go? Because that's another guy. Like, I remember watching him as a freshman and thinking, oh, this guy's going to be a future first rounder. What what happened there? He fizzled. Yeah, past two years. I think he's going to go day two. He'll go round two, early round three. Yeah. But, uh, you know, not as good a year this year, unfortunately. I have heard he may have saved his draft status, and you may be right on in round two, Shane, that at the pro day, he was back to being 270 pounds a defensive end pass rusher, not trying to play, lose weight and be an outside linebacker pass rusher. So yeah. um, I tell you what, like if he's still there in round three, that's a flyer I'd, I'd want to take just based on what I saw from a couple of years ago. And I think back to like Everson Griffith, right? First round talent. He fell, I think he fell to the fourth round. And obviously there was a lot of different yeah. circumstances that went into that, but yeah, I, that's just the name I want to throw out there. Um, all right, next up, 29, we have the Kansas City Chiefs with back-to-back picks. So, Pigskin Paul, you have back-to-back picks for the same team here. Um, well, trades. Uh, this one, San Francisco through Miami, the first one. Um, I think at pick 29, they're going to go safety with Lewis Seen from Georgia. Tyron Matthew ain't coming through that door in that locker room anymore. Um, he's going to get paid somewhere in the next month or so. So a safety, and I think seen could be starting again, maybe not week one, week two, but by the time we get to late October, I think he could be starting. And let's also not forget that not only have they lost Matthew, they also lost their number one backup and Daniel Sorensen, who's been there for about six or seven years. So that, takes care of them the next question for them though becomes where do they need some other help i think potentially a big loss for them was jaron reed from alabama going to the green bay packers i like at pick number 30 Travis Jones, the defensive tackle from UConn. Putting Shane, him beside, am I... Put him beside Chris Jones, and I think it's as good as when Reed was there last year, if not better. I seem to remember some love for him during the Senior Bowl show. Was it you, Shane, that liked him? It was me. You know, I made the bold prediction. You have two sacks in the game. You only, you only had one. I should have just, just made it easier on myself. I could have gotten that one right. Uh, but Go big yeah, or I mean, go home. He's my number two D lineman, Don Jordan Davis. I, I, I think he's more than just a nose tackle. A guy that big that can move like like Travis Jones can, I think is, you know, is great. I, I think this would be, I mean, the Chiefs defense would get firmed up with these two picks. I think it'd be slam dunks for them. All right, Brian, it, it finally got to you, 31. Is there anybody left on your, your list, or did they all get plundered Well, there's the way? There, there are two left. And, all right. Uh, up- I really want to pick Kenyon Green here to go ahead and just finish the offensive line rebuild and get it over with. But I know how the Bengals operate and they don't want to admit sunk cost with Jackson Carmen. And I think they're going to give him every shot to win the left guard spot. Um, So I just shamed a while ago when he mentioned Logan Hall, because that name has picked up a lot of steam in the last few weeks uh, as who uh, somebody who the Bengals are looking, could be looking for at pick 31. Uh, I think Hall is going to be more of their uh, three tech guy. Um, 
maybe an edge on uh, defensive end on first and second down, kick inside. Uh, they've got to replace Larry Ogunjobi uh, snaps he had last year, and that interior pass rush presence was significantly missing <clears throat> in their should-have-been Super Bowl win, but was not. So I will pass on Kyler Gordon as another guy I think is going to get some uh, thought here for the Bengals, and I just want to mention it because I don't think he's going to go in this. I I have gone up, down, and I'm back up on Roger McCreary. I think he is uh, – still should be considered in that first round range despite his uh short arm length but uh logan hall is going to be the pick here for the Bengals at pick 31. so who did you miss on the list who came off the board that hurt you the most is there somebody that you were really hoping would be there linderbaum easy but that's that's probably wishful thinking <laughs> more than anything. Uh, I, I just think if, if, if he's still on the board at 31, you, you run the, he fits perfectly in Frank Pollock's uh, wide zone scheme. Uh, like I said, there's going to be questions about the arm length, but the tape is, and the athleticism is, what is it, Shane, the best three cone ever uh, for a center prospect. Um, and then if you, if you were to draft Linderbaum, you move Ted Karras over to left guard. It's it's all all good, and that's another one. Like, don't overthink it. He's good, right? Like, he's been good for many years. Like when Creed Humphrey fell as far as he did. Oh, what a shock! He's good in the NFL. He was, you know. I mean, I think with some of these players that, like, like you say, Linderbaum. I think he's about as safe as you're going to get. You know, he's plug and play, and don't worry about it. All right. Shane, last pick of the first round, the Detroit Lions at number 32 with the pick they got from the Rams in the Matt Stafford trade. So I, I think well spent for the Rams, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> yeah, I think they'll take the uh, the Lombardi over this pick. Um, I, you know, I think for the Lions, this is this is an interesting spot because I think they trade down. I think they, they you know, come, come get your quarterback, whatever. Um, I know a lot of people, and I might do it in my final mock, is put a quarterback here because I feel like more than two are going to go in the first round, right? Like someone's going to move up and take a Desmond Ritter or take a Matt Crow or take a Sam Howell. Um, so this might be a spot to just kind of slide that in. I think also Detroit really likes Nicobe Dean, um, linebacker from Georgia. And, you know, we also still have Devin Lloyd, linebacker from Utah, who I think is a first round talent i think it's a first round pick i think he's gonna go somewhere in this draft um we also have Traylon burks the receiver from arkansas big need for the lions um you know he's falling down the board maybe could fall to round two so you know I, I'm, I'm gonna take devin lloyd here and i i don't think it's maybe a player that the lions expect to be sitting there at 32 uh so they haven't brought him in and maybe haven't done that right you're you know he's not going second He's probably not falling to 32. So it's one of those picks where the guy's sitting there and you're like, whoa, you know, we didn't expect this, but we really like him. Let's pull the trigger. Linebacker, huge need. We get the best one in the draft. And I think that's a win. So, you know, and you mentioned the possibility if, if the Lions don't take a quarterback themselves at 32, maybe somebody else trades up for a quarterback. Is there a team that you guys have in mind? Maybe like, oh, watch for them to trade back into the first round and grab a quarterback. And I think you might have mentioned somebody earlier, but just, you know, Shane and Brian, and uh, specifically, I guess, on this question, like, do you see, is there a specific team you have in mind to keep an eye on to trade back into round one? And is it is Ritter the next guy? Is that who it would be? Or could it be Corral or Howell? 
I guess it depends on the team. Uh, Seattle is one of the teams that I think that could do it. Uh, yeah, to me, you have to look at the teams that are in, that are picking in the top ten of the second round because you're not going to want to drop too far, right? But Detroit mm-hmm. can afford that because they have what pick 34. 34, 34 right? So, um, so they're not going to lose out on anybody, really. Right. That they probably would get here at pick thirty-two. Uh, Seattle's been off linked with Matt Corral. Um, so he could be that guy. Uh, I, I think Ritter could make sense for somebody like Atlanta uh, to come up. So I think those are two. I, I, I still believe in Sam Howell probably more than I should. Um, Me too. Heck, Indianapolis, you know, could be one of those teams. That- yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I guess just too, like, you know, when it comes to those quarterbacks – it's like, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. But yeah, I, I just, I, it seems like, so I, I remember now, so the Lions, I, I mean, how serious are they about taking a quarterback? I mean, I, I think it's fair to say that nobody, including them, is convinced that Jared Goff is the future. So, I mean, here, they're, they're perfect position. Like you said, it's kind of extra pick. They're positioned to get, they have lots of options. You know, how likely is it they're just going to take one of these quarterbacks for themselves? But, you know, I'll say this uh, for Detroit, for Seattle, for Houston, for Philadelphia. Those are four of the five teams with two picks in 2023. So those are teams that can say, I'll start Drew Locke. I'll start Jared Goff. You know, we'll see what happens with Jalen Hurts and Davis Mills. If it doesn't work out, I have the capital to move up for C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Right. So like, I think Detroit can be a team that says, eh, you know, I don't know if any of these guys are the guy. Let's not push it. Just like last year. Everyone thought they were going to take one last year. We're not going to push it. We've built the capital to go up and get a quarterback next year if we have to. So I, I almost lean that they're not going to take one, maybe maybe like a Bailey Zappi or someone, you know, round three, round four. Uh, but I, I kind of think Detroit's going to be one of those teams that we think will take one and is just going to pass. All right. So last question I have, um, and I, I think – so I, I'm going to ask like – Who's going to be the biggest surprise, right? Give me an off-the-wall name that sneaks into the first round. I think Pigskin Paul already gave me that. I got one, right? I got one. <laughs> I, got one. So, I mean – So you already used yours up, Paul. So uh, so Shane and Brian, you give me yours. Like, who, who's that – you know, who's this year's James Carpenter or Jordan Brooks or, you know, all the different names that shocked us when they went in the first round? I think Paul's Paul's one's uh, bouncing off the padded wall. That, that's his uh, – <laughs> Um no, it's it's a good. Do, do you do you have one, uh, Brian, off the top of your head that you? And it's a tough question because I remember yeah. getting these questions too, and it's like if if, if it, it wouldn't be a surprise if it's somebody that came to mind, right? But maybe one of the line because like we've had Devin Lloyd who should have gone earlier. I could have taken him at fifteen or eighteen with Philadelphia and and felt okay about it. Um, but what if one of the other linebackers that we you know. Like a that that tested super well, like Leo Chanel or Quay Walker or Chad Muma, one of those guys that a t- that may Detroit, I, I think would could be perfect for. Uh, I, I know they like Quay, Quay Walker. You know, thirty two is probably a bit rich, but I mean, you, you, I mean, you could see it. Uh, if, if maybe if there was an earlier run on linebackers and they wanted to get their guy, I think linebacker could be that spot where we get that kind of uh, maybe surprise guy. Yeah, I, I guess mine would be Tariq Woolen uh, from UTSA, 6'4", 205, 4'3". Like, 
If only the Raiders still had a pick. <laughs> just yeah. take, just take that athlete, you know, end of the first. And uh, we've seen teams take just really athletic players. So um, that'd be mine. You know, I got All one right. that's, that I think is oh, legit. Yeah. Okay. But it's only because he's injured. And that's obviously Ojabo. You know, if somebody gets mm-hmm. good medical reports on David Ojabo, like the Chiefs, for instance, who have two yep. picks late in the okay. first round, Somebody might pick him, and I think there'll be a lot of other teams that are going to go, whoa, that's pretty risky for an Achilles, you know. Yeah. Well, that was awesome, guys. I'm sorry if it went a little long, but I was enjoying asking questions myself. But uh, I appreciate you guys invite me. This was a blast. We, uh, we, we're glad to have you tonight, Shane. Uh, Scott, Paul, uh, thanks thanks for all your help tonight. And yeah. uh, we're going we're gonna to wrap it up. So, Paul uh, – We'll, we'll, we'll see you, and uh, we'll have you pop in on the uh, live stream, uh, talk about the Packers uh, okay. after, after, okay. their, after uh, their picks and uh, get, get your uh, quick take on them. But thanks for, thanks for coming tonight. Thanks uh, for having me, guys. Take care now. See you, Paul. Scott, we appreciate you uh, hosting the event for us here tonight, and uh, we will see you uh, as well on our uh, live stream on night one of the draft. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about uh, – Next, Jim, on the uh, we'll, we'll do that on the uh, pre-show there. We'll call it uh, before round one gets kicked off, and we'll we'll see you then, Scott. Uh, thanks for coming on tonight. Awesome, fellas! Can't wait for it. Thanks for having me, Shane. That went a bit long. Yeah, hey, look, longest show, but you know what? We're this close to the draft. This is the time to do it, man. You're, you're absolutely. Right. Let's do a quick rundown, Shane. Uh, picks one through thirty-two. Uh, Jacksonville, pick one, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, Edge, Michigan. Pick two, Detroit, Trayvon Walker, Edge, Georgia. Pick three, Houston, Kayvon Thibodeau, Edge, Oregon. Pick four, Ikem Aquano, offensive tackle, NC State. Pick five, New York Giants, Evan Neal, offensive tackle, Alabama. Pick six, Carolina, Malik Willis, quarterback, Liberty. Pick seven, New York Giants, Sauce Gardner, corner, Cincinnati. Pick eight, Atlanta, Jermaine Johnson, Edge, Florida State. Pick nine, Seattle, Charles Cross, offensive tackle, Mississippi State. Pick 10, New York Jets, Drake London, wide receiver, Southern Cal. Pick 11, Washington, safety, Kyle Hamilton, Notre Dame. Pick 12, Minnesota, Derek Stingley, corner, LSU. 13, Houston, Jordan Davis, defensive line, Georgia. 14, Baltimore, Trevor Penning, offensive tackle, Northern Iowa. 15, Philadelphia, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. 16, New Orleans, Jamison Williams, wide receiver, Alabama. Uh, to complete the Ohio State receiver triumvirate here, the Chargers pick 17, Chris Olave from Ohio State wide receiver. Philadelphia, Trent McDuffie, corner, Washington at pick 18. Pick 19, New Orleans, Tyler Smith, offensive tackle, Tulsa. 20, Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett, quarterback, Pittsburgh. New England, 21, Zion Johnson, guard, Boston College, 22, Green Bay, Christian Watson, wide receiver, North Dakota State. 23, Arizona, Edge, George Karlaftis, Purdue. 24, Dallas center, Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa. 25, Buffalo corner, Kair Elam from Florida. 26, Tennessee, Jelani Woods, tight end, Virginia. Okay. Uh, 27, Tampa Bay, Devontae Wyatt, defensive lineman from Georgia. 28, Green Bay, Boye Mafe, edge rusher, Minnesota. 29, Lewis Seen, safety, Georgia. 30, Kansas City, Travis Jones, defensive line, UConn. 
31, Cincinnati, Logan Hall, Edge, defensive line, Houston. And 32, Detroit, Devin Lloyd, linebacker, Utah. Shane, that wraps it up. It was fun. It was fun. I think uh, I think it went well. I think there were some surprises, but there's always, there's always a couple in the real NFL draft, and I think we hit a lot of possibilities. So good, good stuff. Thanks to Brian and Paul for sure. For, for hopping on and hopefully uh, listeners out there enjoyed it. Tweet us at draft and let us know what you thought about it. Yeah. Only one re- thing really egregious, I think in, in that whole uh, exercise there. Um, so if you follow us on, if you saw this on YouTube tonight, uh, go ahead and subscribe to the channel and hit the uh, thumbs up on the video and share it and all that good stuff. Hit the notification bell, especially because Shane next Thursday, we're going live, baby live stream, all three days of the draft, all seven rounds, every pick, every trade, we're going to break them all down. You're going to want to be notified of when that's coming up, folks. Uh, if you listen on audio, which this will be up probably later than normal, but uh, this will eventually go up on audio platforms and wherever you listen to those, give us a five-star review and uh, share those out. Let everybody know so we can grow that version of the channel here. Uh Big board rankings are getting finalized, Shane. Final mock drafts coming up. It's 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 down to it, baby. The nitty gritty, as they say, pedal to the metal. Yeah, I you know, it, but um, so yeah, you know, we'll, we'll have that. So this is go to draft countdown. See the final big boards this this upcoming week. Mock drafts. We also have the visit tracker if you want to see who visited which teams. Um, we have that all organized, nice sortable graph you can you can see what your team uh, is looking at what positions teams are looking at the most if you're doing your mock draft and um i've teased on twitter but uh we're, we're going to release a kind of bare bones not aesthetically pleasing draft guide this year so we're going to put together all, all my my 80 some plus pages of notes um all my comps so of our, our final rankings our final mock drafts we'll keep updating it through the week next week it'll be downloadable pdf so if that's something you're interested in It'll be free at draftcountdown.com as as everything is over there. They have all said about me that I'm not aesthetically pleasing either, Shane. So that's okay. <laughs> Look, that that's where we're that's what we're here for. It's it's all good. Follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Howell. And follow Scott on Twitter at Scott Wright MN. Follow Pigskin Paul on Twitter at Pigskin Paul. And follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. Go to draftcountdown.com for everything. And live streaming the draft, youtube.com slash the draft countdown. Until next time, everybody, thanks for watching.